This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I am taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. Too many Christians fail to follow the Word of God when it comes to their finances. They fail to establish a covenant of increase with God. And the result is they struggle. They often borrow too much. And then they get into a pattern where they're looking for one financial miracle after another. If you will take action on the principles in this series, over time you will succeed. And over time you will prosper. And over time you will pull ahead. One of Smith Wigglesworth's favorite Bible verses was Mark 4 and verse 28. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn and the ear. God has put into place the principle of seed time and harvest. And it can work against you, but the good news is it can work for you. And you can work that principle. You can work that law to have, to reap, to have the harvest in life that you want. But this requires that we do something. This requires that we take action. This requires that we do our part. And a blessed life requires a lifestyle of generosity. Say this, say, God has a plan to prosper me, but I have to do my part. I have to work the plan. And that, that's part of the challenge in these days for all of us. No matter how long you've been saved, how long you've been in church, how long you've been a doer of the Word, as we live in these circumstances of negativity, as we live in these circumstances of economic uncertainty, as we live in these circumstances of every time you go to the gas station or every time you go to the store, you find out, well, the price had gone up to this, but now it's a little bit more than last week. We, we all face the challenge to walk by faith, to walk by the Word. We all face the challenge to say what the Word of God says. We all, we all face the challenge to continue walking by faith and to continue living a lifestyle of generosity. One thing I know, if you use what's going on around us to pull it out of God's hide, or to pull it out of being a blessing to your wife or your husband, or to no longer put your children first and prioritize your children, I know this, God cannot bless that. So the challenge is the same for all of us, to walk by faith and to walk by the Word. Our Heavenly Father, He wants to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you can ask, think, or imagine. But we have to do our part. I remember, you know, this was a long time ago. 2006, my father did a series with these principles. To make the money, to tithe the money, to save and invest the money, 
and to sow the money. And it, and it seems so simple, and it is. But you have to work God's plan. And then you have to work the plan of God faithfully and consistently and realize that harvest takes time. Harvest takes time. It doesn't all happen overnight. Jesus said in Mark 4 and verse 26, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed. And that's the way you have to look at your life. Every day of your life and what you say and how you act, your attitude, what you do, the actions you take. Every day of your life, you're scattering seeds. Are they the right seeds or are they the wrong seeds? Are they seeds of righteousness or are they other seeds? But the seeds that you're sowing have everything to do with the harvest that you're experiencing. You might say, Austin, I don't like my harvest. I want a different harvest. Well, you can change the seeds you're sowing for a different harvest. Or you say, Austin, I'm experiencing some good harvest, but I'd, li I'd like to see more harvest because of the days we're living in and because of what's going on. Well, again, you can use these principles from the Word of God to sow the seeds you want for the harvest that you desire or for the harvest that you need. You've heard my father tell the story of how in the early 80s, because of Jimmy Carter's inflation, and it's, it's concerning when charts start to look like those days. But you've heard my father tell the story of how when they had the opportunity to go and serve in Kenya as missionaries, he had the opportunity to teach at the East Africa School of Theology, they, they sold the house that they had. And again, because of Jimmy Carter's inflation, the, the profit off the sale of that house was $20,000. They set that aside. When they came back from Africa, they then used that $20,000 to sow as a seed to start the church. They pioneered the church in a hotel ballroom in North Arlington at the Ramada Inn. It's gone now. I think Guitar Center's still over there, maybe. But they, they used that money to pioneer the church. Well, think about the harvest that that seed has produced. The harvest is always greater than the seed. But things take time. Think about how many years have gone by now since 1984. What if they had quit? What if they had given up on God? What if they had got disappointed or frustrated or bitter about this or that? Harvest takes time. But if you'll sow the seed, there's a harvest on the way. And the harvest, it is always greater than the seed. You've heard my father tell the story how in 1997, the Lord put on his heart for the church to cover the roof for Elam's new church building there in Mombasa, Kenya. And initially thought the cost would be $500,000. It ended up being $600,000 with inflation. That would be about $2.3 million today. But when the church did that, and my father said yes to the Lord, the church's cash on hand in those days was just over $100,000. So it seemed like an impossible thing to do. But he obeyed, and the church obeyed, and the seed was sown. Well, what's the harvest today? We're sitting here on all this land. Now you can drive up, maybe find a place to eat today in North Arlington. The church's old previous address was 1701 North Fielder Road. We were there on a small piece of property, out of room, out of, out of space. I remember being a, a child in the school, and for basketball practice, we'd have to load up in one of those passenger vans and, and drive down to another gymnasium. The practices were always somewhere else. Games were 
always somewhere else. The children today don't realize how blessed they have it. So as blessed as we were there, it's amazing what God has done since. The harvest is always greater. And we're here today, this wonderful property, wonderful campus, everything recently updated, and everything paid off. No debt. Look what the Lord has done. That's the result of the seed that was sown. The harvest is always greater. But without the seed, there's no harvest. And so you got to get your eyes off the seed and picture the harvest and picture the impossible and picture what our Heavenly Father can do. You have to step out in faith. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man or a woman, they, they scatter seed. But then there are people and they don't want to scatter seed. In 2018, my father, led by the Holy Spirit, challenged us all. But when I, I think about that year, now there, there were people I knew and loved, people that I, that I grew up with, and they, they were offended by my father challenging us. They were offended by the concept of taking action or greater action. They were offended by the seed. The seed's nothing compared to the harvest. And so when I think about all that God has empowered us to do over the last few years, as long as the Lord tarries, the harvest is going to be wonderful. The harvest is going to be awesome. But anyone that was offended by the challenge or upset about the challenge or, or walked away and refused to be the man or woman who scatters seed, there's not going to be a harvest. Life is all about the seeds that we sow. Recently, at prayer, my father sat in on one of the groups. A man in the church shared this story that recently his mother came into some money, and so she decided to be a blessing to him, to his, his sister. And so the mother offered to his sister that if she would build a house, she would give her $100,000 to go towards construction, and then when she was moved in, she'd give her another $100,000. Sounds good to me. Amen. The sister said no. Well, this man, this smart guy, he called up his mother when he heard about this, and he said, well, if she won't take you up on that, I'll take you up on that. And so he and his wife have a house under construction. But guess what? The sister, the sisters, they're mad about it. They, they, they said no, but he said yes. But they're, they're upset now that the harvest is coming into reality. And that's how it is with faith. And that's how it is with the things of God. The harvest is always greater. And there's a variety when it comes to the harvest. Jesus said some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. And when there are situations where you see a harvest, but you're like, the harvest could be better, that requires greater action on our part. And a man in the church shared this with me. They're going to put a series of photos on the screen. He planted three rose bushes the same time on February 22nd. The same house, the same property, same fertilizer, the same water. But he said that they're going to have to transplant that last one. You can barely see it. I guess I should have done another graphic where it was way zoomed in. But there is, in that third picture, there is a little itty-bitty rose bush. But that one, they're going to have to transplant and move so it gets more of what it needs, direct sunlight. 
So he says more action is needed to get the result, to get the harvest that you want. But see, what a lot of believers do is they say, well, must be the will of God that that rose bush be that size. It must be the will of God that that, that rose bush be that size. And oh, it, you, know, some, you know, some of us are more humble than others. And it must be the will of God that this little itty bitty bush, that it's only going to be that size. But God gives his greatest battles to his toughest warriors. See, people get into all kinds of religious nonsense to avoid action. You don't like the harvest. Don't like the results. Don't like what's going on. The solution is to take action. To take new action, to take greater action. In our property, we've had a tree that's not been doing well. And because of all the craziness going on, I had heard the church had had a hard time getting trees. My father had a hard time getting trees, and I wanted to replace that tree, and I thought, well, doesn't sound like it's going to happen anytime soon. And so, you know, one day outside, you know, I had a thought, and I, I give the Holy Spirit credit for that. And I had the thought to go, we have tree bubblers for a lot of our trees. Well, that tree bubbler for that tree had gotten pushed down in the ground right up against the base, the trunk of that tree. And as that happened over time, the, the spout or the little spray had gotten open too far where basically that tree was getting ground. And so it took me about five minutes. I, I pulled that up, closed it completely, and within a few weeks that tree is coming back. It's, it looks like it's going to be okay. And the, the Holy Spirit saved me a good amount of money with that idea. Amen. My point is, whether it's a little action or greater action or a whole lot of action, if you don't like what you're seeing, you've got to do something. You've got to take some action. You've got to plant a seed. And if there's no harvest, no seeds have been sown. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man or woman scatters seed. Number one, as we've learned, the giving of offerings is based on the principle of sowing and reaping. The Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians 6 and verse 7, So do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So if you sow nothing, what's the harvest going to be? Once one of our young men invited me to a Bible study fellowship in Dallas. It's very popular with the young people over there. They do free food. So of course it's popular. Big event. A lot of young people. And so I went heard the message. But I, I was horrified when they did the offering at the end because it's a big event. There's all this free food, which costs money. But the way the offering was presented was this. Some people have the gift of generosity. Some don't. But if you have the gift of generosity and feel so compelled, please give something to help us with all these costs. And I, I was at the back, and I, I looked around as they received the offering, and I thought, well, it looks to me like no one has the gift of generosity. But see, when ministers head down that road, they, they rob the people of God of their blessings. Because God put this system, this plan in place. A man reaps what he sows. And it's true in our finances, but it's true in every area of life. Number two, seed faith giving will release the ability of God in your finances. Jesus said in Matthew 17 and verse 20, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith as a seed or if you're believing become seed faith, what is that? 
Faith that takes action. Faith that does something. Faith that plants. Faith that plows. Faith that sows. Faith that waters. If you have faith as a seed, nothing will be impossible for you. So it doesn't have to be random. It doesn't have to be luck or chance. By the seeds we sow, we can determine our harvest. And we can get predictable results. Number three, over time, seed faith giving will increase your faith. Luke 17, beginning in verse 5, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And wouldn't it be great if when we got, came to church, we got espresso or coffee, and he said, give me a shot of faith or give me two shots of faith. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be easy? Wouldn't it be great if my father could just lay hands on me and more faith would be imparted to me? But that's not the way our Heavenly Father set it up. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I have to build up faith in my own life. And how do we increase our faith? We increase our faith by the sowing, the planting of seeds, by taking action. They said, Lord, increase our faith. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. What is the key? Faith as a seed. Read that wonderful testimony by a mom in the church and about her, her wonderful granddaughters and her granddaughters having faith like a seed. Well, see, they're, they're operating with greater faith than many, many adults because they're taking action. They have faith as a seed. They're giving God something to bless. Faith as a seed is faith that takes action. You have to do something about what you say you believe. And your faith will not be released. Your faith will not grow until you release your faith by taking action. Think of the woman with the issue of blood. There was Jesus, the Son of Man, the Anointed One, the Messiah, walking through a crowd. Surely there were many that day who were sick and who were in need. Surely there were many that day who were in need of a miracle. Yet who received their miracle? Who got their answer? It was the woman that took action. She had faith as a seed. She pressed through the crowd. She reached out. She touched the hem, the edge of his garment, because she said to herself, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I know, I believe, I will be healed. And what did he tell her? Well, it's your lucky day. It was my father's will to heal you. Is that what he said? He said, your faith has made you well. What is faith? It's taking action on the word. What made the difference for her versus people that just bumped into Jesus that day and nothing happened? It was her action. It was the action she took. It was the seed of faith that she planted. Every miracle begins with the seed planted in faith. Number four, the farmer. And in your life, you're the farmer. Say, say I'm the farmer. Now, again, we, we, we live in the city. So you might have to drive out a little bit and remind yourself of how all these wonderful things we have available in the grocery store get to us. You might not picture yourself as a farmer, but in your life, you're the farmer. And number four, the farmer determines his harvest both in kind and quantity. In your life, you're the farmer. You determine your harvest. The farmer controls the seed that he plants. 
The farmer determines the type of seed. The farmer determines the quantity of seed. And the result is that the farmer determines his harvest, both in kind and quantity. And the land doesn't care who the farmer is. In your life, you're the farmer. Say, I'm the farmer. Say, I determine my harvest. One of the things that I do is I, I teach for the school, ninth and 10th grade Bible. And sometimes I'll, I'll have a parent or someone come to me and, well, Austin, how could my child do better? How could my child get a better grade? It's not hard. It's not complicated. They have to pay attention in class. They have to do their work. They have to take notes. They have to do this old-fashioned thing called homework. They have to crack the book open when they're at home. They have to read. They have to study for themselves. You know, I wish I had been blessed with a photographic memory. Don't have one. And so I have to work at it in my own life. And I have to underline and highlight and draw stars and draw arrows and all kinds of stuff. But they have to do what works for them. They have to apply themselves to get the result that they want. In your life, you're the farmer. You determine your harvest. And God designed the soil to reproduce whatever is sown into it. And God gave us a supernatural plan, a provision. But we have to work the plan. And for our faith to work, we have to take action. We have to do something to release our faith. Number five, this is the power of seed faith giving. Jesus taught it in Luke 6.38, give and it will be given unto you. Say this, say, if I give, it will be given unto me. Now Jesus said that. Our Lord and Savior said that. But a lot of believers, they're, they're praying and they're believing and they're confessing. They're, they're doing a Facebook chain or an email chain or they're doing a Daniel fast. They're, they're doing all sorts of things to try and force it to be given unto them. But they're violating a law of God. And that law is this, give and it will be given unto you. And so you, you can pray and you can believe and you can confess and you can shout and you can fast. You can do all kinds of things that it might be given unto you. When all the time it's very simple, give and it will be given unto you. It's a law. It is a fact. It is a principle. And Jesus taught this. Luke 6, 38, give and it will be given unto you. And you've heard me in this service use various examples. If you need clothes, what should you do? Give some clothes. You know, don't, don't use things up till they're worn out and have to be thrown away. Be a blessing. And if you haven't figured it out, it is a waste of time to drag everything outside when it's 100 degrees in Texas and to drive down the road and set up signs and to sit out all day in the heat and nearly die of dehydration just to make $50, just to make $100. Don't we serve Jehovah Jireh? Don't we serve El Shaddai? And Jesus said, give and it will be given unto you. So why not be a blessing? Why not give things away to be a blessing? If you're not using something or have no need of it, why not give it to be a blessing? If you need furniture, what should you do? Give some furniture away, sow some furniture. If you need blessing regarding your children, what should you do? Look for ways to be a blessing with children 
or to the children of others. Every seed produces after its own kind. Notice Jesus said, give, and it will be given to you. He did not say, after you receive, then give. But that is where most believers live. They're waiting to receive, and then they'll give. They're waiting to receive, and then they'll take action. They're waiting for this to happen, or for that to happen, and then they'll begin doing what they know they should do from the Word of God. And it doesn't work, because it's a violation of a law of God, a principle of God, of what Jesus taught. Give, and it will be given unto you. So giving comes first. Action comes first. Sowing comes first, and then the harvest. And that's true in every area of life. Give, and it will be given unto you. And when you give, it will be given back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. I love the King James. God will cause men and women to give unto your life, to give under your bosom. I said last Sunday that part of my confession is that we have supernatural divine favor everywhere we go, in everything that we do, with everyone we come into contact with, that people do things for us they would not do for anyone else. They don't have to know why. They don't have to have a reason for doing it. People do things for us they would not do for anyone else. And I said that last Sunday, finished the service, was out there greeting, and a lady of the church came up so happy. She said that that had just happened, that her and her husband, they're remodeling a house, the cabinets are being done, and they, they realized that they had forgotten to include in the price the cabinet hardware. And she said, though, the guy installing the cabinets, making the cabinets, she was over there one day and he said, I don't even know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to do all the hardware for free at no cost to you. And he actually said, I don't know why I'm doing this. I know because we're the blessed of the Lord. I know, because we walk in divine favor with God. I know, because people do things for us they don't do for anyone else. Why? Because we live a lifestyle where we give, and then it is given back unto us. That, that's when you know you're really walking with the Lord. When there, there's blessing coming from every which direction. And God is using men and women to give unto you. In Acts 20, verse 35, Paul quotes Jesus saying, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When we receive, that is the end. But when we give or take action, that is the beginning. There is no multiplication process in receiving. But there is a multiplication process in giving and taking action. If a farmer reaps, but he doesn't replant. If a farmer reaps, but he doesn't sow again, that is the end. But if the farmer sows, it is merely the beginning. And every time the farmer goes back out there in his fields and he takes action, that is the beginning of the harvest to come. When you sow, that is the beginning. When you take action, that is the beginning. When you take new action, that is the beginning. When you take greater action, that is the beginning. Why is it more blessed to give than to receive. Only what we give is multiplied. We could say it this way, it is more productive to give than to receive. Why don't we say that? Say it's more productive to give than to receive. And again, in your own life, you can picture family members, people you know that are like this. They're, they're always on the receiving end, but they're never looking for ways to be a blessing. I, I shared last Sunday that 
when it was my birthday, I got a text from a relative. And uh, he said, Austin, well, the next time you're in my state and in my city, I'll take you to lunch. Great. That, that's really helpful. God bless you. But that, that's where a lot of God's people live. They're just on the receiving end. But it's not productive. And God can't bless it. And there's no harvest from it. It is more productive to give than to receive. And any seed sown in good soil, it's going to produce a harvest. Jesus speaking about his death said in John 12, 24, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Only after a boy gave his lunch to Jesus could Jesus multiply those five loaves and those two fish to feed 5,000 men plus women and children. Money is a medium of exchange. It represents your time, your intelligence, your labor, your effort, your sweat. So when you give of your finances, when you give of your money, you give of yourself. It represents you. And Jesus said, give, and it will be given unto you. How? A good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. What you give is the seed you plant. And if you plant peaches, what's the harvest going to be? Well, years ago, my, my father-in-law blessed us with four peach trees. And after the, the winter weather of last year, two made it, two didn't. And, and, and it's amazing because the two that made it, they're well-established. We're, we're not even trying to have a harvest. And that, that tree's out there leaning over because there are so many peaches on that tree. So God's system was put in place for our blessing. God's system was put in place for us to have what we need so why not work that system to our advantage? Now, religious people will say, well, Austin, it's, it's wrong to give to receive. That is nonsense. And that is a satanic idea. It's intelligent for the farmer to sow. Because if the farmer doesn't sow, the farmer's going to be out of business next year. It's intelligent to do what Jesus taught. It's intelligent when you have a need and you say, there's not enough. It's intelligent to say, Lord, what would you have me do? What would you have me sow? What action would you have me take that you could bless it and you could multiply what is not enough into more than enough? That's the intelligent thing to do. To receive a miracle, you have to plant a seed or take an action of faith. God will multiply whatever action you take. He'll multiply the seeds that you sow. Seed faith giving is giving that you may receive. And it's giving before you receive, not after. God can only multiply what we give. And remember, the harvest on nothing is what? If somebody doesn't go to work, are they going to get paid? You're only going to get out what you put you have to give God something to bless. And how can you expect a harvest if a seed has never been planted in the first place? Number six, and we'll wrap it up with this, God's creative power is released in seed form. And every miracle begins with the seed. You look back at Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 11. This is how God set things up. Everything produces according to its own kind. It's the system that he put in place. 
You see in Genesis 8.22, he said, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest will never cease. And Jesus said, if we had faith in the seed, nothing would be impossible for us. So faith as a seed makes all things possible. It's a plan, it's a system that God gave us for the meeting of every need. But we have to work that plan. We have to work that system. Through these principles, you can get predictable results every time. Everything produces after its own kind. And if you'll have faith as a seed, nothing will be impossible for you. But you have to take action. You have to do something for God to bless. You have to give something for God to bless. Say this, say, God has a plan to prosper me. So I'm going to work God's plan so he can bless me, so he can increase me. Greater harvest and greater miracles require greater action. If you don't like the results, you have to change the seeds that are being sown. Or if like that third picture of that little itty-bitty rosebush, if you don't like the result, you're going to have to take new action. You're going to have to take greater action. You're going to have to change the action that you're taking to get a different result. When our Heavenly Father asks us to do something, He's not trying to hurt us. He's not trying to hinder us. He wants to bless us. He wants to increase us. When God asks us to give something out of our life, it's because He's preparing to give unto our lives. He has something far better and more wonderful for us. And if it doesn't meet the need, it must be the seed. And whatever the Lord puts on your heart to do, it's nothing compared to the harvest He wants to bless you with. Our Heavenly Father does not want to diminish you. He wants to bless you. He wants to increase you. He wants to multiply you. But you have to take action. You have to do your part. Please bow your heads. You might be here today, and perhaps you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Our Heavenly Father, He loves you, and He has a wonderful plan and purpose for your life. But it all begins by accepting Jesus Christ as the Lord and the Savior of your life. The Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes upon Him would not perish, but have everlasting, eternal life. This world we live in, it'll lie to you. It'll tell you that no matter how you live, no matter what you do, you're good. It's a lie. It's why we see the results in our society, in our world today. This world we live in, it'll lie to you. It'll tell you that if you're just kind of good enough, that is sufficient. Or it'll lie, it'll tell you that you can come up with your own path, your own way to God. Jesus said, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. But he also said, anyone that comes unto me, I will in no wise cast out. You come to him, you will find your home. You come to him, you will find your family. Said it this way in Revelation, he's standing at the door knocking. But you have to open the door. You have to ask him to come in to your life. You're here today and say, Austin, I've never asked Jesus into my heart. I've never given my life to him. But I want to. I want to be a part of the family of God. That's you this morning. Wherever you're seated, raise your hand so I'll know that you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. 
I've never asked Jesus into my heart, but I, I want to. I know I need to. I want to give him my life. If that's you, wherever you're seated this morning, raise your hand so I'll know you want me to pray with you. You might also be here today and at a time in your life you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you know in your heart you've not been living for God. You've been doing your own thing. You've been sowing the wrong seeds and the harvest, it has not been good. Friend, our Heavenly Father loves you. He is for you. The Bible says the mercies of God are new every morning. He can restore the years the locusts have eaten. He, he can do wonders in your life. You can have a better harvest. You can have a better tomorrow. But it all begins by making things right with God. 1 John 1 and verse 9 says that if we confess our sins, He's faithful. He is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You're here today and say, Austin, that's me. I know I'm not right with God. I know I don't have peace with God. But I, I want to make things right today. I want to leave the day knowing that I have peace with God. That's you this morning. Wherever you're seated, raise your hand so I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to recommit my life. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it has gone forth as a good seed planted into good ground, that it will bear a harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold. You might be watching or listening online now or later. Say, Austin, I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to make things right. Pray this simple prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And I repent of my sins. I give you my life. And I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Set me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. I give you my life. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, now or later, we want to be a blessing to you. Go to the address on the screen. We'll send you a copy of Pastor's book, God's Very Own Child. It's short, easy to read, but it'll help you get started in living the Christian life. And we also want to be a blessing. Maybe you don't have a Bible. We'd love to bless you with a Bible. And we're here to encourage you. We're for you. And whatever area of your life you need help in, you download the church's free app. There'll be a series on there to help you and to bless you for whatever you're facing. Well, I hope the message today was a blessing and encouragement to you. Our Heavenly Father, He has given us the ability to determine our harvest. And on the one hand, that's a, that's a sobering thing because it means we've got to stop blaming people from the past. It means we've got to stop blaming this or that. It means we've got to take responsibility for our lives, for our circumstances. But you can turn that around for your good. You can begin taking the right actions. You can begin sowing the right seeds so you have the harvest you want six months from now, a year from now, five years from now. Our Heavenly Father has given us this awesome ability, this awesome privilege. In your life, you are the farmer, and you determine your harvest. I hope that was a blessing to you.